At Oakstar Bank, our mission is to create meaningful relationships by creating extraordinary experiences for those we serve. Our motto for achieving that is to create a difference and leave a legacy. That is not just something we say. It is something we believe and strive to live each and every day. We don't see those we serve as customers. We see them as friends and neighbors. We believe our community should be a better place because we are here and we take that commitment seriously. We look forward to continuing to serve you. Oakstar Bank, member FDIC, equal housing lender. 95.3 KDKD. Today's country. Good morning. It's time for our community spotlight brought to you by Oakstar Bank. This morning, my guest is Dr. Kara Meller with Compass Health Network. Good morning, doctor. Good to see you again. Good morning, country boy Don. How are you? Well, so far, okay. It's Wednesday, so we're about halfway through the week or getting there. and We're not quite over the hump yet. Yeah, we're getting closer, and at least it's not raining yet. I know right. last time when I came in, it was downpouring pretty well, so I'm happy that I didn't get rained on uh, this time. You might have dodged it a little bit there, so let, let's hope that it doesn't get you on the way out. Yeah, it might, but that's okay. I, actually, I don't think it's supposed to do anything till this afternoon. So We'll cross our fingers. That there, that's you right. there you go. There you go. You said it is National Diabetes Month? That's right. It so. is. November is National Diabetes Month. And I'm sure a lot of our listeners out there have either had diabetes or know someone that's had diabetes. And you might be about blue in your ear about hearing about uh, diabetes, mellitus, or type 2 diabetes. So what I actually want to talk about more is how to prevent getting diabetes in the first place. And there's one thing that sometimes happens uh, that people will get diagnosed with something called prediabetes first before they become diabetic. So we'll go into that a little bit more too. So I know a common question that I'll have patients ask me is, can type 2 diabetes be prevented? And the short answer is yes. The longer answer is if you want to lower your chances of getting type 2 diabetes, the most important thing you can do is eat a healthy diet and get plenty of physical activity because that can help you lose weight if you're overweight. But eating well and being active are also good for your overall health. Um, Even gentle activity like walking has benefits. If you smoke, obviously trying to quit can also, believe it or not, lower your risk of getting type 2 diabetes. This can be very hard to do, um, and I've had some patients that really struggle with this. Um, But, you know, come in and and talk with us at uh, 660-890-8235. You can schedule an appointment. With my husband, Dr. Jason Meller, myself, we also have other staff on there. We have Dr. Armbrister, we have Dr. Shoemaker, and we have um, Erica Augustiniak, who's a nurse practitioner. And any of us are more than happy to talk with you about trying to quit smoking um, or with diabetes or, or any of your primary care needs. Um, if you quit smoking, it also lowers your risk of a stroke, heart disease, and lots of other problems. So I know a lot of people out there do, and it's easier said than done, but... Um, if you need help, we'll, we're happy to help. If you are at high risk of developing type 2 diabetes, your doctor or uh, provider may also suggest taking a medicine called metformin to help lower your risk. So you hear about diabetics and having to start taking all these medications all of a sudden, but you don't necessarily think, well, gosh, I'm not diabetic yet. I was just told I was pre-diabetic. Why is my doctor starting me on a, a medicine called metformin? Well, the reason that that's done is they have studies out there that prove that if you take metformin, it can delay the onset of diabetes by two to three years, Um, sometimes four, but two to three is kind of their average that they're seeing, which that's kind of a big deal. Mm -hmm. 
Especially if you think about, you know, people that have diabetes and end up on insulin shots. You know, if you save yourself three years of not having to have insulin shots, that to me seems like a win-win, right? Well, we've talked about preventive um, numerous times on different things. And this is another one of those things that can help prevent this from happening. Exactly. So another question I get that's pretty common is, well, what increases my risk for type 2 diabetes? There are a few things that can increase your risk, including but not limited to being overweight or obese, especially if you're carrying your extra weight in your belly area, not doing enough physical activity, smoking, I'm hitting on that again. If you have a close relative with diabetes, so maybe a parent, a sibling, a child, um, those are what we call first degree relatives. Um, also, if uh, women out there, if you had diabetes during pregnancy called gestational diabetes, that also puts you at increased risk of getting diabetes later in life. Um, people that are Asian American, Latin American, or African American are also at increased risk for diabetes. So maybe you're worried that you might have diabetes or prediabetes. Another common question is, are there any tests that can help us find people who are at risk? Yes. There's actually three different tests that can help doctors tell whether a person might develop type 2 diabetes. All three of the tests will measure your blood sugar in different ways. Blood glucose is basically another name for, for blood sugar. So even though these tests can help predict diabetes, they're not necessarily appropriate for everyone. So you want to make sure you talk with your doctor or nurse practitioner or PA to figure out whether or not you should even have the tests in the first place. But often people that get tests that are overweight or have some sort of other risk factor for diabetes, you know, maybe a relative with diabetes. Gosh, you know, my dad, I'm, I'm 45 and my dad got diagnosed with diabetes at 45, so I, I'm worried about it now. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's a legit um, reason to want to come in and get tested. So the three tests that we can do, um, there's one called fasting glucose. And that test basically measures your blood sugar when you've not had anything to eat or drink except water for at least eight hours. And people that have prediabetes tend to have a fasting glucose range between 100 to 125. So normal is less than 100, basically, or ideally, you know, 70 to 80 to 100. Um, another way that we can test uh, your sugar is something called a glucose tolerance test, or we'll call it GTT. Now, oftentimes we just use this test on pregnant women to be able to test. Um, we could use it on someone that wasn't pregnant, but we tend not to. And what that pretty much does for that glucose tolerance test or GTT is you don't eat or drink anything for 8 to 12 hours. But then as part of the test, they give you a sugary drink. And then two hours later, you come and get a blood sample to see how high your sugar got after having that sugary drink. So people that have prediabetes tend to have that glucose tolerance test results somewhere between 140 and 199. The third test that we can do um, is a blood test called A1C or hemoglobin A1C. And this test can be done at any time, even if you've recently eaten. It's a blood test that shows what your average blood sugar level has been for the last three months. And people that have prediabetes will have an A1C level between 5.7 and 6.4. Now, if you're diabetic, then you're going to be 6.5 or higher. So I would say, you know, out of those, you know, we'll personally for, for uh, me, uh, fasting glucose test, you know, where we see what it is, you know, if you haven't ate or drank anything for at least eight hours. And then that A1C, you know, maybe you're coming in at three o'clock in the afternoon. Odds are you probably haven't fasted all day unless you maybe work night shift or something like that. So an A1C is kind of handy because, you know, whether you've eaten in the last eight hours doesn't matter for a test that's averaging the last three months of what your sugar is. So I think some people 
get confused with it and why they came up with the values to put, you know, 5.7 to 6.4. And then we're talking about hundreds, you know, for the other sugar. Mm -hmm. I wish they would make that more universal, but they kept it that way, I guess, just to keep us all on our toes of understanding where we're at. So, you know, you had the test done, you saw your primary care provider, and you've been told you have prediabetes. Well, now what do I do? If you have prediabetes, you can make some lifestyle changes to lower your chance that you will become diabetic. So here's what you can do. I'm kind of hitting some of the same things over and over if you haven't noticed. First one, eat a healthy diet. I haven't said that yet, right? Right. (laughs) So trying to eat a diet with lots of fruits, vegetables, and low-fat dairy products, but you want to have lower in meats, sweets, and refined grains. So notice I didn't tell you to avoid sweets. I just said low in sweets. So it's a balancing game. Which is hard to do getting into this time of year. It is. It is. So just low. Low in your um, refined grains would be um, carbs. Uh, So, you know, we've got Thanksgiving coming up, you know, stuffing, mashed potatoes, gravy, sweets, you got your pumpkin pie or apple pie, whatever you're making. I'm not telling you not to have those. But I am recommending if you're pre-diabetic or diabetic for that matter, you know, maybe not going for seconds for those. You know, try some of the other the other sides like your green beans, although it's arguable with the green bean casserole and they put all the stuff on top. You're getting mm-hmm. extra carbs that way, too. If um, you have a hard time trying to get fresh fruits and vegetables available, you know, we are leaving that summer season. So some stuff is uh, a little bit Uh, more expensive to get fresh now you can also eat frozen ones instead and frozen are better in general than the canned if you can and once again it's a cost thing but the canned um, uh, fruits and veggies they have to add extra preservatives and those extra preservatives can get you in trouble like for instance fruit canned fruit you know they're putting extra sugar in there which obviously isn't going to help you And then on the uh, vegetables, you know, they put extra salt and stuff in there, too, which isn't as good. But, you know, eating something is is definitely better than nothing because you have to have some sort of consistent um, diet. Another thing to try to do is avoid sweet drinks like your soda, pop, whatever you want to call it, and juice. I grew up in Iowa, so I learned pop. You know, I say pop down here. I think people look at me funny. But... My uh, family at least knows what I'm talking about. (laughs) I do as well. Growing up in this area, it was called pop, and it has changed, I've noticed in the past mm, 20, 30 years, uh, to soda. Yeah, so whatever you want to call it, um, uh, try to avoid and, and limit. So I'm not telling you not to, just limit. If you're overweight, trying to get a healthy body weight can help. Even if you only lose 5 to 10% of your total body weight, that lowers your risk a lot. So, for example, if you weigh, say, 200 pounds, that means you only need to lose 10 to 20 pounds. If you weigh 150 pounds, you'd only be losing 7 to 15. And, um, you know, come on in, talk with us, 660-890-8235. We're more than happy to help talk with you to find healthy ways to do this. Besides just us as providers, we also have... um, uh, I call them wellness coaches or life coaches, and they work with uh, with our patients to try to help with a lot of lifestyle changes, whether it's the um, activity or, or smoking or anything, you know, to help you be healthier. Um, trying to be active for 30 minutes a day. You don't necessarily have to go to the gym or do a heavy exercise to get a benefit. Activities like walking, gardening, and dancing can all help improve your health. And then I'm hitting it again. Quit smoking. 
So if you smoke, ask your doctor or nurse uh, practitioner on, on advice on how to quit. People are much more likely to succeed if they have help and um, get medicines to help them quit. So I have heard that recently they recalled Chantix. Um, so that one's not an option anymore. I think they just did that within the last few weeks or month or so. But there are other options out there. And uh, like I said, we have, um, they're technically called behavioral health uh counselors but I kind of call them life coaches and they they've helped me help people be successful with quitting smoking so added added benefit and then of course you know taking your medicines if your uh, doctor or nurse practitioner prescribes any medicines you want to make sure you take them every day um, not when you remember but every day as uh, you're instructed to because this might include you know any type of medicine that's going to prevent diabetes like we talked about that metformin earlier and maybe some others that'll help lower your blood pressure or cholesterol People that have prediabetes have a higher than average risk of heart attacks, strokes, and other problems. So these medicines are really important. You know, I, I think with patients that know me, they know that I try to keep people on as few medicines as possible. So if I'm recommending a medicine, then you probably need to take it because... Um, you know, I, I just think that most people prefer not to take pills. That's the general consensus I get. So I try to, you know, make sure that, you know, you're getting your biggest bang for your buck, if you will, mm -hmm. as far as with medicines. And then medicines obviously have cost, but I'll guarantee you that metformin is way cheaper than insulin. So, you know, if you can, like I said, do anything to prolong getting diabetes, that's huge. Um, not just for your overall health, but also for your checkbook. Right. So, um, you know, people say, well, what, what are my main things that I need to do to stay as healthy as possible if I, if I have diabetes? You know, we've, we've come in, done the labs, and you've got an A1C of 6.5 or higher. Um, or you can have a random glucose that's uh, 200 or higher with having some symptoms. Usually people will feel hungry all the time, thirsty all the time, and they'll feel like they have to keep going to the bathroom to urinate a lot more than what they normally would either. So, you know, we go back to the basics. We think about our ABCs. So as far as the A, what does that stand for? A1C, that's that blood test that gives that three-month average, and it shows what your, your average blood sugar level's been during those last few months. B stands for blood pressure. So, you know, if you have diabetes, you want to make sure that you control your blood pressure, and that's just as important as controlling your blood sugar, believe it or not, because high blood pressure puts you at risk for a heart attack, stroke, and kidney disease, and you know, I had a, in my training, they told me to tell, and hopefully I do it, I may forget sometimes, but every diabetic that becomes a diabetic, I have to tell them it's almost like the, I'm also telling you, by the way, you've just had a heart attack because the amount of damage that diabetes does to your body, uh, including your heart, is pretty significant. And people don't necessarily realize that. So that's why the B or the blood pressure is so important. Um, an ideal goal blood pressure is less than 140 over 90. You don't want to be too low either. Um, less than nine or above 90 over 60 is kind of what what we shoot for. So less than 140 over 90 and above 90 over 60. Um, if you're not sure, you know, if your home blood pressure cuff is accurate, you're welcome to bring it on in, and we'll do a nurse visit and we can compare it to ours. We don't have a problem doing that. I will say in general, the blood pressure cuffs that you buy over the counter, they tend to be more accurate if you get an arm one that goes kind of over your biceps or upper arm area. Um, I know they make wrist ones out there and sometimes they're helpful, but they have to be positioned just right to work. So if you get a choice and it's the same cost, go get the one that's the arm and the automatic because it's hard to listen and check your own blood pressure. Um, and then the C, 
C stands for cholesterol. So most people have probably heard of cholesterol. Um, and basically how we describe it is it's a waxy substance that's found in the blood. So having high cholesterol is another factor that increases your risk of heart attacks, strokes, and other serious problems. So why do we care about these ABCs? Compared with people who do not have diabetes, people who do have diabetes are two to three times more likely to have a heart attack or a stroke. And people with diabetes are also having heart attacks at a younger age, and they tend to be more severe and more deadly. So hence why, you know, going back to that prevention, you know, trying to catch it early, you know, if you haven't seen um, a PCP or a primary care provider in a while, it's a good idea to come in once a year. Um, even if you think you're healthy, get that annual physical or checkup. We can screen you for diabetes and prediabetes if it's appropriate, so that way we can catch it early. You know, they talk about an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. Right. And that's, that's so true, um, you know, with diabetes as well, too. So I think, um, you know, thinking about that is, is huge. Also, people with diabetes are much more likely to get kidney disease. So if you keep your ABCs under control, you can also lower your risk of these problems by a, a lot. So I think, you know, a lot of people when they come in and whether you're told that you're pre-diabetic or, or diabetic, you know, they're like, okay, well, sugar, you know, my blood sugar, that should be the most important thing. And keeping your blood sugar low is important to prevent some problems caused by diabetes, including your eye diseases. You know, you can get blind or have uh, some permanent vision loss. So that's why we recommend diabetics get that yearly diabetic eye exam. Um, the kidney disease, we talked about that. Some people get nerve damage called neuropathy that can cause numbness or pain in the hands and feet. Most, I, I'd say all, but you hate to say all and, <laughs> and say 100%, but most people eventually that have diabetes will get some sort of neuropathy. But if you can prolong that and delay it, just like, you know, when we talked about the prediabetes, maybe taking some metformin to prevent becoming diabetic, you know, that's huge because some people I've had, you know, tell me it, it feels like, you know, they're walking on broken glass all the time. You know, would you want to do that for an extra three years of your life if you didn't have to? I'm going to guess most people are going to say no. Right. So, you know, it's, it's things to think about. But people don't always associate that being related to, you know, their sugars or something else. So the nerve damage is huge. And then when you don't um, feel that broken glass anymore, either A, you're controlled, or B, your sensation is gone enough that you're just not feeling anything. So then people start getting injuries and they don't realize that, um, you know, maybe they had a cut or something on their foot, gets infected, goes into their bone, and all of a sudden they're having to get amputations. And, you know, we always think about the feet or the toes or, you know, you see people that have issues with their knees, but, you know, toe, fingers, it could be fingers too. So blood sugar is just one of the many things that should get your attention. But once again, you know, ABCs, so A1C to see where your sugar's at. Um, and then B for blood pressure, and then C for cholesterol. So ideally, as a diabetic, you want your A1C 7 or less. We talked about the blood pressure goal, less than 140 over 90. And then there's different types of cholesterol. There's good and bad cholesterol. The bad cholesterol is LDL. Ideally, you want that LDL 100 or less. So once again, if you're not sure if you have diabetes or prediabetes or at risk, Come call our office, 660-890-8235, and any of our staff are happy to talk with you. 
Wow, that was very informative. Thank you, Dr. Meller. We appreciate you coming by today. And there again, if you need to make an appointment, you have concerns, 660-890-8235. Thank you. Thank you.